Are you ready to rock? Yes. Okay. It's manners. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you've been listening. You've been listening. You, you are, are listening. currently listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? Good. I, there's nothing like a uh, a guitar solo to wake a person up in the morning. Hey, now you have to be careful. We're going to start getting copyright notices from Bill and Ted. That's true. Now, here's the thing that most people can't see is when I air guitar, see a lot of people when they air guitar, they just play the strings with their right hand Uh and then they hold uh, the frets with their left. But I tend to (laughs) strum with both hands because I don't know how to play guitar. Play it like a piano. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like I'm strumming two uh, simultaneous guitars that are stacked end on end. <laughs> um, I am not a musician. And uh, that might surprise some people. Uh, <laughs> but I do not play any instruments. But I do enjoy going to concerts. I would like to first tell my sad, sad story about concerts. Okay. And then you can tell some awesome stories okay, about great. concerts. I have asthma. Hello, my name is Teresa. And I have asthma. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. I know. And up until probably, what, 10 years ago? Oh, you couldn't attend because of smoking. Because of smoking. If there was smoking allowed, if it was an indoor event, sometimes even if it was an outdoor event, um, I just couldn't handle the cigarette smoke. Um, and so my first memory of concerts is when all of my friends in high school got tickets to go see the Pilfers. I don't know who that is. It's a ska band. Okay. Um, Are you big into ska? I mean, I like to dance. Were you out there? You were skanking? I can skank it. Okay. And so uh, they went to go see Pilfers, and I couldn't go because it was at an indoor venue, and there were definitely going to be, definitely going to be cigarette smoke there. Um, and then the next time I went to a concert, it was an outdoor area, mm-hmm. which was better. I saw uh, Journey with the the new front guy. I was with you. Yes. Yes, you were. Yes, I was. And you were also with me when we went to Kentucky. We went to a Southgate house, which no longer exists, I think. Uh, remember where we? it was like kind of a basement-y place? Yes. I don't remember what band we saw. I don't remember what band we saw either, but I do know that we left early because, again, cigarette smoke. Yeah, we're smoking. Um, We've seen Moody Blues in concert together, too. We have, uh, which was at Riverbend, right? So there was an indoor-outdoor I I just want to say, none of these are making us sound super cool. I'm... I told you, sad story. Yeah. Sad story I with have Teresa cool, and concerts. I, have, I don't know, cool to me. Maybe no one else will think they're cool. But um, I saw uh, in Oklahoma City, um, Junior Senior opened for Electric Six, which if you like either of those bands, you love those bands. <laughs> uh, and I did not know hardly anything about them at the time. Um, and for the Junior Senior section of it, everybody in the crowd just jumped simultaneously 
for the entire show. Like in unison, just jumping up and down. It was awesome. It's one of the best energies ever. That's probably the best, like the mosh pit best that there could ever be. Well, yeah, everyone jumping up and down simultaneously. Yeah, this was it. It's like I've been in mosh pits before. Yeah, and when people are not jumping together, that's when you get hurt. This was not a mosh pit. This was like something out of like a fully choreographed dance number where we were all on the beat. It was that song, go junior, go senior, go junior, junior, senior. And there's such a clear rhythm to it. Everybody was just jumping in unison. Uh, I saw uh, Elvis Costello open for uh, open for Bob Dylan. Uh, I saw Bare Naked Ladies open for Ben Folds. Well, Better Than Ezra open for Bare Naked Ladies who opened for Ben Folds. Uh, I also saw Ben Folds open for uh, Rufus Wainwright. I also saw Ben Folds uh, <laughs> at University of Oklahoma. Did you go to a lot of Ben Folds? Did, you know, were you really into Ben Folds? Griffin at the time? was really into Ben Folds, and so I knew a lot about Ben Folds. And Ben Folds is a good concert. Oh, it's a yes, fun concert. Yes, I've seen Sticks in concert. I've seen Journey in concert. I've seen Moody Blues in concert. Oh, we went to see Sticks. Yes, we? we did. Yeah, that was outside again. But my first concert ever, and I'm sure that there were like. Things I went to, like, you know, I know I went to a Sharon Lewis and Bram concert. Don't get it twisted. And it was <laughs> wild. Um, but uh, the first concert I remember going to of me being like, I would like to go to this concert is Tom Jones. And I think I was like 11. And wow. Jessica would have been 14. And our parents dropped us off <laughs> and like mom and dad just didn't want to go. And Justin and I had like front row seats in the balcony in Huntington and we watched it there. Wow. Um, I went to a B.B. King show, I would say, uh, when I was in college. It was more like an orchestral concert type deal where it was at a theater and there were, you know, everyone was seated the whole time. And it wasn't I, really a rock concert. I've reached an age now. Where those are not, I went to recently a Fallout Boy one and I got, I, it was like an outdoor thing and there were like two levels and I was able to like sit at a table and watch it. It was great. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's so, what I loved about the Moody Blues concert. So chill. So, so chill. chill. Okay. I also at one point went to, it's not rock at all, but I went and saw Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> doing Chris, it was a Christmas like concert and every set that oh, was amazing. Okay. But we're talking about rock concerts today. We are. And we also starts with Beethoven. <laughs> may have regaled you with some of our our fun times in Cleveland. Hint, hint. Cle- what? Cleveland. I'm going to talk about. Cle- oh, because it has the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes. Okay. Cleveland. I'm going to talk a little bit about Cleveland, and it has the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I mean a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is because it is widely considered the birthplace of the rock and roll concert. Get out of the town. Totes. Tell me about that. I had no idea. I thought it was just arbitrarily there. No. Okay. Cleveland, March 21st, 1952. Do you think if someone else like in America was like, we're going to open a rock and roll hall of fame, is rock and roll going to stop them? Like who who decides (laughs) if you're allowed to do that or not? Uh, I I don't. As the president know. of rock and roll, I declare this to be an unofficial <laughs> rock and roll hall of fame. Okay, go on. It's probably trademarked by now. I mean, the rock and roll hall of fame definitely sure, is. Sure. Anyway, uh, there was a legendary DJ named Alan Freed who went by the name of Moon Dog. Okay. Yeah. 
Are you are you thinking back to drunk history? There's a drunk history about yes, this. Yes, there is. But also like Moondog to me is like just kind of a thing I will fall like if I'm looking for a name for like a DJ, usually DJ's more like Velvet Thunder. Yeah. But I'm thinking of a different kind of DJ. But like, like surfing, that kind of thing, like Moondog is a very cool, hip totally name. He was the self-styled father of rock and roll. And this was because in the 50s, he was the host of a very popular AM radio show on WJW called The Moondog Show. Of course. Duh. And um, when he joined the station in 1951, he was meant to host a classical music show. But he found himself drawn to early rock and roll at the suggestion of a record store owner, Leo Mintz. Mintz told Moondog that this new, faster, catchier rhythm and blues music by black musicians was growing in popularity among all of his young customers, regardless of race. Mintz was so confident in the popularity of this new sound that he decided to sponsor three hours of late-night airtime on WJW so the music could be featured. I mean, this makes complete sense, knowing about the record industry— a lot of the times, people who produced the records also owned the stores, also made jukeboxes, also like... Yeah, there's. Uh, if, if you are a fan of this kind of thing, I highly recommend this season of uh, Cocaine and Rhinestones, which is a history of country music, but uh, they talk a lot about how the record industry worked at this time as far as like publishing records and getting airplay on the radio and how that affected things. Like Billboard... Uh, the magazine began as a like a way to chart how uh, records played on jukeboxes, right? right so that yeah. people knew which albums to put in their jukeboxes. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. and it was all connected. Um, and Mintz only wanted Moondog to do it, uh, and he was great at it. Uh, he started doing this new like hip persona and vocabulary, and really is kind of like the starting point of the DJ sound mm-hmm. that we think of you. I mean, you were talking about. Hey, everybody, it's me, Moondog, coming to you live, <laughs> bringing you the hits. That's right. We're playing all the records here all day long, so stick around. Yeah. yeah, and that was Clint McElroy as Moondog? Is that well, one? that was uh, Travis as Clint McElroy right. uh, as Moondog. Yes. yes, that's it, that's it. I'm Clint McElroy bringing you the greatest. <laughs> yeah, Dad was a, a rock and roll DJ for I think as far as I can remember, and then uh, uh, then oldies and then country for a long time. Um, and legend has it that he was the one to coin the phrase rock and roll. Okay. Um, the new program was amazingly popular. So many people tuned in uh, that Moondog and Mince decided to host something that had never been done before. A rock concert. They would hold a dance. Oh. But not just any dance. A dance featuring some of the popular artists whose records were appearing on the show. Like the Oneaters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got the Oneaters. I don't know. Is our audience going to get that? One one person. One they're, person. They're no. cackling. Paul Williams and the Huckle, uh, Hucklebuckers were quickly set to the headline. What? The Hucklebuckers? Yes. Okay, that seems like dirty slang for something, and I don't know what. Along with uh, Tiny Grimes and the Rocking Highlanders. I've never heard of any of these bands. All of these are great, and they sound like made up. But they're great. Okay. 
Uh, and they dubbed it the Moondog Coronation Ball. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. All right. To say that this was a hot ticket in town is a complete understatement. Well, when the Hucklebuckers are going to be there. They sold out so quickly that people began to counterfeit tickets. And by the evening of the event, somewhere between twenty to 25,000 fans showed up for an event that only had the capacity for 10,000. Oh, boy. Uh, less than an hour into the show, the massive crowd broke through the outside gates, and the hubbub was so enormous that the show had to be canceled for everybody's safety. Um, I mean, Moondog offered an apology to the listeners the next evening, but it was clear that rock and roll was here to stay. And this is why one of the reasons that uh, Cleveland is known as the birthplace of rock and roll. Okay, well, let's talk more about this because I'm on the edge of my seat. But first, how about a thank you note for our sponsors? Let's go. We want to say thank you to Curology. Curology is sponsoring us in part this week. Uh, And we want you to know what Curology can do for you. So I've been using Curology for a while now. So how it works, you get sponsored with a dermatology provider, right? And then they're going to make sure that you have the right formula for you, right? Maybe you're worried about dry skin. Maybe you're worried about acne. That's part of what I'm worried about, and I'm not embarrassed to say it. Let's normalize it, right? But they help you figure out what your skin goals are, and then they're going to come up with the formula that works for you. They will customize a prescription formula with three active ingredients picked just for you to tackle your skincare needs. And like I said, they will match you with a licensed dermatology provider who gets to know your skin. And if it's a good fit, you'll get a customized prescription cream to address your acne, fine lines, dark spots, and more, all shipped right to your door. I've been using it for a while now because sometimes I get the dry skin. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get the breakouts, Mm -hmm. right? And I want to take care of that. You're a classic combo. A classic combo. Mm -hmm. I'm a dancer and a singer and an actor. (laughs) And I have acne quadruple threat (laughs) right so take control of acne dark spots breakouts or whatever your unique concerns may be with a powerful skincare treatment made just for you go to curology.com schmanners for a free 30-day trial just pay for shipping and handling that's c-u-r-o-l-o-g-y.com schmanners to unlock your free 30-day trial see curology.com for all the details schmanners is also sponsored in part this week by made in Um, I get a lot of things, like a lot of people, we get them online. Um, And it's not always easy to tell exactly where things are sourced or where they're made or even, you know, the quality of something that you get. But if quality and craftsmanship is important to you. Which it is, because, you know, sometimes you're buying stuff that you want to use for a long, long time. In fact, you know, I miss the days of being able to say like, oh yeah, this was my mom's and she got Mm -hmm. it from her grandmother and that Mm -hmm, kind of thing. mm -hmm. You should check out Made In. It is a cookware and kitchenware brand that works with renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, knives, and wine glasses. Um, I tried the the non-stick pan mm-hmm. way better than the stick pan way better if you ask me <laughs> here it is we make a lot of grilled cheese we do we use a lot of butter a lot of grilled we cheese. do like fry it up 
And the worst thing is when you get that cheese that sticks to the pan oh, yeah. and it's not in your sandwich, right? No, 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 no. I used this pan. No stick. No stick. I, it didn't even look like I had to wash it. I did wash it. We did wash it. But it also feels good to use. That's the other thing yeah. I like is sometimes you get it where it's got like a flimsy feeling handle or you feel like it's going to come separate, you know, from from the, the pan itself, right? Mm-hmm. But this feels solid and it feels good. Like you could really whack a robber over the head with this thing. You, <laughs> you know totally what I mean? You totally could. And it's more affordable than some other brands because they make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the middleman markup. And they offer a lifetime guarantee. So right now, Made In is offering our listeners 15% off of your first order with promo code SCHMANNERS. That's the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. So go to madeincookware.com and use promo code SCHMANNERS for 15% off of your order. That's Made in, so M-A-D-E-I-N, cookware.com slash schmanners using the promo code schmanners. Prepare yourself for the greatest pro wrestling podcast spectacular known as Tights and Fights. A backdropping audio showcase that helps you understand the world of pro wrestling with a lot of love and no toxic masculinity. Featuring hosts Danielle Radford. Time to kick butt and chew gum. And I'm all out of butts. Lindsay Cow. I'm a brutal Brit and my fists were made to punch and hit. And Hal Loblin. I was doing the voiceover this whole time. Hear us talk about pro wrestling's greatest triumphs and failures. And make fun of its weekly absurdities. On the Perfect Wrestling Podcast. Tights and Fights. Every Saturday, Saturday, Saturday on Maximum Fun. I just remember two other really great rock concerts that I've been to. Lay them on me. Uh, I went and saw, so this is one of those where, you know, there is a lot of rock concerts that, I wish I had gone to and either the band is broken up or like the person has passed and like mm-hmm. the opportunity is gone. But this is one of the rare cases of uh, like within the first six months of moving to Cincinnati so long ago, 12 years ago now, <laughs> uh, I went with my friend Jeremy to a concert uh, and it was Foxy Shazam, ah. who I knew nothing about at the time. Uh, and we and went to the concert, and it was wild. Like, the energy of it was off the charts. It ended with the lead singer, Eric Nally, like, jumping up, grabbing a pipe from the ceiling, and hanging upside down, and kicking out ceiling tiles. And then when he finished the song, dropping to the floor, and running out and getting into, like, their van or whatever. <laughs> right? And it wasn't until, like, five years later that I started really getting into Foxy Shazam. Uh, and the other one, uh, I went and saw the proto-men, who do the Mega oh, Man, yeah. along with other stuff. I saw them uh, with my friends, Bob and Bradbury, in Louisville. It was an amazing concert. Highly recommend if you ever get a chance. Also, Mega Ran, that's another one. I've seen They Might Be Giants. I've, seen, I've well, been okay. to a lot of cool, I'm you, cool. Hey, I'm cool, guys, is what I'm saying. You're you're cool of a certain age. What? I mean. No, I'm, uh, listen. N- neither of us have ever been to, like, Bonnaroo. No, or, ooh, gross. Like, I mean, but that's like the thing. But now. where do you shower? You sleep on the ground in a in a tent? No. Anyway, 
Uh, I mean, it really is true the way that you're talking about like you know these who I want to go see now. Yeah, I want to go see Sean Mendez. I bet mm. Sean Mendez concert is great. I bet there's a lot of, and we'll talk about this in the questions. But I bet a lot of that thing where they hold the microphone out to the audience oh. and people like sing along to it, and he's like, "No, you turn <laughs> <laughs> right that kind of thing." The history of rock concerts does really, you know, it, it's more of a highlights list, yeah. right? Because uh, as soon as people heard rock and roll they wanted to go see it and dance to it and and you know be part of the experience that and i think we'll talk more about this in the questions too but i think that that word is the difference right because i think there are some bands in music right Mm -hmm. where i feel uh that the listening to their album or even listening to a live album is a same experience, right? Of like being there in the thing. And then there are some bands where mm-hmm. you're like, the energy of this, the experience of this, being there, being in the moment, sharing this with people, that's why the concert exists, right? Like that, that is the difference to me of like a concert that I don't need to go to and a concert I do need to go to. Um, so some highlights. Uh, the first ever stadium show occurred when the Beatles played to a sold out crowd of 55,600 people in Shea Stadium in New York City. Mm-hmm. That was August 1965. And then there was also the Monterey International Pop Music Festival in the summer of 1967, featuring breakout performances from like The Who, uh, yeah. Jimi Hendrix, uh-huh, Janis Joplin. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, we know the cultural impact of Woodstock in 1969. Absolutely. Um, I would not have gone to Woodstock. Even knowing what I know now, I'm not, I don't, uh, I am I am a, uh, a prissy cat when it comes to that. And I, I have a hard enough time sleeping on a mattress that's not my own, <laughs> let alone like camping. I uh, don't do it. I don't do it, folks. I am a delicate flower. <laughs> And then every rock concert seemed to pave the way for the the next one, right? Woodstock, Coachella, Bonnaroo, South by Southwest, um, and, you know, benefit concerts like Concert for Bangladesh and Live Aid and Farm Aid and, and all that kind of stuff, right? It just made it so that it became the experience of the music, I have another question for you. And this is sure. a question that I would also post to our audience and you can tweet at us at Schmannerscast. What is a concert that is unavailable to you now mm-hmm. for whatever reason, but there is no like, oh, they might get back together. Like it is unavailable that if you could like go back in time to see a band or a performer do a concert, that's the one you would do. But I can answer mine. Okay. It's Prince. If oh. I could see if I could see Prince perform yeah. like I I I think about uh, Prince's uh, Super Bowl halftime show literally all the time, and I get chills every time I think about it. There is a if you want to see something amazing, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, the the like dedication to George Harrison. They do my guitar while my guitar gently weaves, and it's like Tom Petty and like all these amazing like musicians, and there's Prince right who's not singing during the entire song and kind of back in the shadows. And then at the end, for like the last two minutes, just plays the greatest guitar solo I have 
ever seen. Like to the point where it's it's one of my go-to, like, oh, do you want to see a person at the top of their craft? Watch this. And if I could go back in time and see Prince perform, I wouldn't hurt me. That would be awesome. Um, like all things, these Wait, what about you? Oh. Michael Jackson. Right? Yeah, I bet that's incredible. You know, not to speak about morals or anything, but I bet it's an incredible concert. Yeah. But it's an incredible concert. And I mean, listen, I, I think the Beatles are up there, mm-hmm. right? I think the Beatles, when they were like the British invasion and everyone screaming and like losing their mind and passing out, right? Yeah. I think that that's the one I'd be at because like the energy of that, I bet, is like, it, like you can't replicate. Absolutely. That. Same with like, Elvis, but still, Prince, top of the list. Okay. Top of the list. Um, And you start to see these parallel lines start to move further and further apart when you start getting into big concerts Uh and then smaller venues, right? Right. Um, And the smaller venue kind of veers into punk rock. Yeah, I was going to say, yep. And grunge and things like that. And then the bigger venue starts moving into not just rock and roll, but pop, but and, pop yeah. right? And that, like, they're, they're, Motown it's a response to stuff. It's a response to each other, right? Because, right. like, when you see the those big concerts and everything, it starts to feel like, uh, you know, the, the negative way to view that is like selling out, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're doing the smaller shows, it's intimate. We're there together. This is a shared spoon. We don't answer anybody. Yeah, but you're also having to drive yourself everywhere and like pay for your own gas. Yeah. So, um, and let's let's take a second to talk a little bit about punk. Uh, it was entirely different because of the energy of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty aggressive, yes. we'll say. Um, it could often be angry, but it was just so passionate in- passionate and high energy uh, that fans and bands of the high-speed music began to refer to the type of dancing they did as mashing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, dancing exactly, but kind of just like, it's almost like human pinball, right? Right, right. It's, 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 it's a good way to think about it is the way that like, uh, atoms, when they start getting hot, mm. right, will bounce off each other and that's where the heat comes from, right? The friction of them bouncing. And that is what a mosh pit looks like. It literally looks like atoms becoming agitated and hotter and hotter as they bounce off of each other. And uh, legend has it that moshing was coined by Bad Brains lead singer H.R., who invented the term because his fans misunderstood his Jamaican accent when he tried to say mash. There you go. Love it. Awesome. And um, my favorite dance, the monster mosh. Mm, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Uh, so we're up until the 80s with more like hardcore music with like thrash bands mm-hmm. like Megadeth and Slayer. and Anthrax? Anthrax, yep. Uh-huh. Which even released a song called Caught in a Mosh, uh, which really made mosh pits mainstream and international, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we can't talk about it. We can't talk about grunge bands. Without Nirvana. Without Nirvana. The legendary lead singer Kurt Cobain was known to hurl himself off the stage into a dense crowd of fans as they continued singing or he was playing guitar. Crowd surfing. Yes. And that was when crowd surfing was born. Once again, it's that intimate, like, 
connection with the audience, you right. know? And you could never, he could never have done that at like a big stadium show. It well, one of the things have been a fairly more intimate venue. What you see now to try to replicate that in a lot of like stadium shows, those big venues, they will build the stage so that there is like a jutting out at the front, right? Like that it goes into the audience so they can like walk down and like touch people's hands uh, in a very uh, reminiscent of perhaps the Christ figure <laughs> uh, way, touch the hem of my garment uh, kind of moment. But you have that where they have to like manufacture that kind of intimacy with the audience. Yeah. Um, so another thing that that about rock and roll, about the grunge scene, moshing, thrash bands, things like that, is it has this kind of pendulum swing that we often talk about in Schmanners where it is a rebellion, right, from the norm. And so people who feel outside of society might gravitate towards that. But then it becomes so popular that the rest of society follows, right? We saw this with, um, like, Beards, uh, if you remember that one. Look at ZZ Top. Z, I mean, literally, though, literally, well, yeah. ZZ Top's beards were a like symbol of rebellion, right? Yeah. Of like, we're outside of the norm, baby. So uh, there has been a kind of pushback now being like, well, this isn't real rock music because it's westernized and it's like capitalization and and capitalism and all that kind of stuff. Right. Because so so far, the genre has moved to be so popular that now, quote, is it even a rebellion if we do this, if everybody's doing it? Well, you know, the thing is, is like the thing about any kind of art form, which obviously music is, mm-hmm. any kind of art form, there is always a bleeding edge, right? You're always totally. moving forward. And the chances are, right, the things that are rebellion, part of it, we don't know, right? But the other side of it is that, uh, not to not to wax philosophical for a moment, but radio and the distribution of Uh, art of music is so wildly different these days, Mm -hmm. right? Because when you talk about uh, like records and radio play, right? And jukeboxes and everything. At that point, the ability, one, to make it was a lot smaller, Mm -hmm. right? Because there was just less avenues to go down. But it also meant that it was a reaction to what people wanted, Right. Because it didn't make sense to record a record and publish it and do all that if no one was buying it. Right. And nowadays. Right. There are so many different ways to inflate those numbers and to like, oh, okay, well, no one. And you can even self-publish on the Internet. Well, so that's the two different things. Right. Right. Is because you have self-publishing and avenues where you can make music. Right. That people want, because if people aren't buying it, you don't make music. But then you have music over here, right, where it's just like, well, we're going to play this so many times and play it in commercials and it's going to be in this movie that everyone's watching. Mm. And so even if people don't like it, it'll be stuck in their heads and then we can like play it on the radio enough that it'll be stuck in their heads that they'll buy it, right? And they'll listen to it. And it won't matter if they like it or not. They're just so exposed to it, it will be popular. Yeah, right? And that's why I think that when we talk about the rebellion part of it, I think it's the rebellion of rock music right now and music in general is those people who are self-publishing, is those people who like record their thing mm-hmm. and not for commercialization and not for that, but because like this is the music they wanted to make and this is the music that people are listening to, right? right. And I think, interestingly, 
Uh, I think we see a lot of bands and musicians and stuff getting big breaks on TikTok now, yeah. right? Because there are songs that get like, that make some kind of connection with people and it gets used a lot, right? And I'm sure that there's a way to overinflate that and manufacture that if you have enough money. But I think that you see a lot of bands getting big on social media platforms now. Anyways. Anyways. It's hey, very different. Here's the thing. Rock concerts, concerts in general, music is a big money-making thing. Yeah. But if you like it, that's great. Put a ring don't, on it. Don't let anyone take away the joy. What is it? Ch- you chase, chase your bliss. Chase your bliss. Yeah. That's well, it. I will say right off the bat, just as long as we're talking about music, uh, don't gatekeep music, right? Don't judge other people's music, right? It's like, listen, and you have probably figured it out from me listening, listing the concerts I've been to. Uh, my music taste varies between, uh, I would say, slightly rock punk right? Slightly pop rock and a 70-year-old woman, right? Like that is, I get it, right? I don't know that the bands I listen to are cool, but gosh darn it, they make me happy to listen to. And don't take away someone else's happiness because they listen to a band that you don't think is good. That's not how that works. And simultaneously, don't take away someone's happiness if they enjoy a band that you think you enjoy more than them. That's also not how it works. Let's answer some questions. I want first. What? I want to quote Jack Black in the critically acclaimed film classic, School of Rock. Okay. For those about to rock, we salute you. I don't think he coined that. I think that that, okay, it's not important. (laughs) Um, Okay. This is the big one. Are you ready? Yes. Rod asks, singing along, yay or nay? Let me start off by uh, saying a, a story. Okay. So we went and saw Mike Doty. Um, Mike oh, Doty, formerly yeah, of Soul Yeah, I do Co- remember that. Yeah, formerly of Soul Coughing, uh, now uh, solo. Uh, Mike Doty, uh, his album Hottie Melodic had a huge impact on me and my brothers. So we went and saw this concert, and in the middle of it, right, M- Mike Doty is like between songs, right, getting ready to start another song. This guy starts walking down the center aisle, like raising his hand and waving wildly to get Mike Doty's attention. And finally, Mike Doty looked up and he was like, yes? And the guy was like, uh, hey, man, sign her up. Uh, but I have a, an important question for someone who's here. And Mike Doty goes, no, no, sit back down. And the guy looked at him and Mike Doty said, there's a way to do this. There's a way that this is done. And this is not it. Like, and here's the thing. He's absolutely correct. <laughs> and the thing is, is like his point that he then went on to say is like, listen, man, everybody here is having a shared experience, right? And you're making everyone's experience about you without asking, without consent, right? You are do- like, no, go sit back down. And the guy went and sat back down. And listen, on some level, I feel bad for that guy, right? But on the other level, what Mike Doty said is correct, mm-hmm. right? Is that when you go to a concert, it is a weird mixture of a personal experience and a shared experience. Sure. Right? Of like, yeah, you're there and you should enjoy that concert. And you should have your time. But also, everyone else is trying to do the same thing. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think that we will come back to that a lot as we answer some of these questions. So, and singing. I, uh, singing. Uh, the first thing I would say is read the room, right? Yes, absolutely. If it is like that Mike Doty concert uh, where we were all sitting quietly-ish, I mean, there was a little bit of chit-chat. It was more of kind of like more of a theatrical experience than it was like a Taylor Swift show, right? Where right. where 
it's a stadium thing and, you know, everybody is like so far away and there's like jumbotrons and all kind of stuff, right? Um, and if you find yourself feeling like you might be the only one singing, you're probably take it down a notch and right. i'm not telling you not to enjoy yourself no no this no. is just not the time to break out your you know break out your pipes and broadways belt it all you know there are two you different can, ways to do it you can kind of like whisper it mouth it like you're not in your car yeah there's i think there's two different ways to do it where there's the the people who are so moved by the emotion that they start like singing along. And then there are people who are singing along like they want the lead singer to go, you know what, why don't you get up here? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you know, a counterpoint to that story, we also, when we were at that Moody Blues concert, in the middle of Nights of White Satin, a guy in the front row got down on one knee and proposed. And she said, yes, right? And it wasn't like, look at us, everybody, look at us. You just did it. And the band saw that. And they like gestures to them as they're saying, they put a spotlight on it. The drummer like gave him his drumsticks afterwards. Some other guy tried to grab the drumsticks like it was a giveaway. <laughs> the drummer pulled them back and went, no, and gave them to the guy. Right. But like. But he didn't hijack the show. Correct. really what it is. If you, and nobody asked about this, but if this is something you would like to do, propose and have it be like a shared group experience. First thing to do is like ask the venue. I mean, you if you have a way, like tweet at the you know band or singer or like if they have an email address or something. But the best way is probably to ask the venue to ask the performer if that is okay. And if they say no, do not do it, mm -hmm. right? Because like, don't hijack the experience as you said. This is from Jenner. If you have a great spot in the pit and have to go to the bathroom, is your friend allowed to save your spot? So this probably means like standing room in the pit. Yeah. Um. I don't I don't know exactly how if you're standing someone would like just spread, elbows out yeah elbows out just kind of like spread themselves a little bit but like if you uh, you attained that spot because you came in early or you had that like standing room ticket or whatever it is if you leave to go to the bathroom I think that it is okay for your friend to then make room for you to return. Yeah, I mean, uh, so Becky and Adam also asked about like moving through the crowd. And the, right. th the thing is, is like there will be people who side eye you, right? But that is about that, right? Manners and schmanners isn't about like making it so no one's ever off put by your actions ever. Because right. you can't manage someone else's experience. There will be people who are like, ugh, right? Is it okay to get back to your spot? Yeah, absolutely, right? Like, you were there, you had to go to the bathroom, a basic human function, and you wanted to come back. Absolutely. It might take you some time. Yeah. I mean, you you go to the bar and to the bathroom and to the merch stand or whatever at your own peril, mm -hmm. right? Because where there are not saved seats, right, there's no guarantee that you'll be able to get back to that place. I I, I would recommend in this case, especially if it was like you and one friend, to see if they would just go with you, right? And then the two of you find a place again later, right? Right. Like, and I think that there's there's a kind of like, there's the mentality of, I can push my way to the front, right? right? And nobody, that's not cool. Don't do that. No, you want to flow like water. <laughs> so if you 
want to be in the front and there's like standing room, non-ticketed spaces, unassigned seats in the front, you got to do the work. You got to show up early enough to get there. Get there early, right? Right. You got to, if you- Bring a stadium pal that you could pee in while you're just standing there. (laughs) No, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, You have to be prepared to stand your ground if you don't want people to get in front of you. Right. But you have to be there to do it. If you uh, show up five minutes before the show starts and it's you're now in standing room only in the back, don't push your way to the front. Those people got there and they prepared for that. You came here late. So this is where you are now. Um, I I will give you a life lesson learned from uh, one Mr. Daniel Tiger, uh, one of BB's favorites. Enjoy the wow that's happening now. And by that, I mean, don't be so focused on trying to get the quote unquote best spot or whatever that you are not enjoying the concert you were at. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, I I went and saw Harvey Danger in concert uh, with my brother's. And it wasn't about where we were standing and it wasn't about like, were we like comfortable or do we get like nudged from time to time? Like, was it hot and sweaty? Yes, of course it was. Right. But it was one of the greatest concerts I've ever been to because the experience of it was so like magical of being there with my brothers. This was like their farewell tour and they like played for like four hours and it was amazing, right? And if I had spent that time being hung up on like, do I have the best view possible? Am I as close as I could be? Right. Oh, that person gave me the stink eye, right? Like that's just gonna take away from all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, One more question here. This is from Matthew. What is appropriate in the post-show meet and greet? How do I be me and not scare the artist? I think it has to do with setup, right? If this is like VIP into the green room type thing, you just got to be cool. Be chill. Yeah. Um, And, you know, remember that these artists and performers are people. Correct. So talk to them as you would talk to a person. I think that it's great to let people know how much their music means to you, right? Like if you got to meet... Mike Doty. Which I did, yes. Which you did. I think it's it's wonderful for an artist to hear that their art has touched you. Right. That is one part of a conversation that is not the dominant conversation. Correct. Right? So if you have just one thing to say, say it and then hang. But if you have a lot of things to say, I would say plan out kind of like a little a little thing that is more like a paragraph and less like a dissertation. So my advice is it's three steps. Okay. The greet, the ask, and the exit. Yes. And this is set up wonderfully by you Mabimbam boys when you do this and kind of like receiving line style. Right. So if you are in a receiving line style, especially, right, the greet is, hi, my name is Travis, or whatever you want to say, right? Hi, the greeting. The ask. I was just wondering if you would sign this. I was just wondering if we could get a picture. I just wanted to tell you. What is it that you want out of this experience, right? Mm -hmm. That's the ask. And then the exit is when that ask part is done, you say, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Have a great day or whatever. Or a great show. I loved it. Yeah. And then you get out. Because the thing is, is as much as it is about the intimacy and the connection, um, that is not your moment, right? There is not, you are not going to, 
impress them so much that they become your best friend, especially in a meet and greet line, right? Especially if it's like after a show, they're probably tired um, and, you know, they're, they're doing that. They want to connect with people or they wouldn't be there. But um, much as it is an individual experience and a shared experience, there's probably other people in line behind you. There's other people in front, right? So it is about what you want out of this experience and mm-hmm. not what you can give them. Um, that said, if you have fun things to give people, I love getting stuff from people. Um, and if if it is more of like we love uh, you particularly love local treats. I do uh, love handmade art. I also like things. magnets. Just magnets. as a rule, I like magnets. Um, but also, like if it's more of a like we're hanging out in a room all together, mm-hmm. wait for your opportunity. Right. Uh, To talk to the person, Um, because like what you don't want to do is be like the hovering over someone else's shoulder while they're talking to it. And you're kind of like goalkeeping to jump in as soon as it's not like play it a little bit cooler than that. And then go over and say like, hey, uh, once again, the, the greet, the axe, the exit. Hey, my name is Travis. I just wanted to say how much I enjoy the show. Could I grab an autograph real quick? Thank you so much pleasure or whatever if they ask you questions that's great you know what i mean like uh and if you want to say like i drove 14 hours to be here and it was totally worth it thank you so much right like that kind of thing but the like i'm about to start a conversation with this person that's going to lead to a lifelong friendship (laughs) that is a level of pressure on the situation that is going to make it rough so just play it cool hot shot i believe in you And I also want to say thank you to everybody for coming and listening to this episode and joining us. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If you did, go tell some friends. Yeah. Go on the Twitters, the TikToks, the Instagram, and tell them, like, hey, go check out this episode on rock concerts. It was wonderful. Listen to all these cool bands that Travis has gotten to see. He's totally a cool dude, and we can all agree on it. Uh, We also want to say thank you to MaximumFun.org, our podcast home. Uh, Go check out all the other amazing shows there. We want to say thank you to the other McElroys, I guess. I don't know why I phrased it like that, but thank you, other <laughs> McElroys. You can go to McElroy.family to check out all the other McElroy shows there. Uh, go check out our new merch. Mac- well, it's not new merch. The last week to get the pin of the month. That is true. Uh, that is the Gucci Wolves pin, uh, which benefits the Innocent Pro- Innocence Project, which exonerates the wrongfully convicted through DNA testing and reforms the criminal justice system to prevent future injustice. Um, and the It's Trash sticker, a green stoneware Taz logo, and a Besties shirt. Uh, go check all those out. And if you're listening to this once August has started, there's probably going to be some new stuff there, including a new pin of the month. That I think is really great. Ooh. Uh, Teresa and I are going to be at Dragon Con this year. So if you're planning on going to Dragon Con, maybe we'll see you there. Yeah. And you can practice your uh, <laughs> your greeting, your ask, and your exit. What else, Teresa? We always thank Brent, Brentofloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Kayla and Wasso for our Twitter thumbnail art, which is where we got all of the listener questions for this topic, at Schmanner's Cast. Um, also, thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanner's Fanners. Go ahead and join that group if you love to get or give excellent advice from other fans. Um, Um, I also want to say keep sending in those topics. Keep sending in your idioms. It's coming up soon. Another idiom app. And you can send those suggestions to schmannerscast at gmail.com. There it is. I blanked for a second. Uh, Did we think Alex? 
No, we didn't, but we are now. Yeah, thank you, Alex. We couldn't do it without you. And thank you to everybody who supports us through Max Fund so that we can pay Alex what she's worth. And that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners. Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.